Good evening. Thanks for listening to True Sleep, the podcast designed to help you fall asleep, meditating deeply on Scripture. And we are going to jump into Isaiah chapter 1, starting at verse 5. Verse? Verse 5. In just a minute, right after this. Okay. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 5. And just in case you haven't listened in a while, uh, I made mention a couple of weeks back that I have found that for me to do this podcast, I really can't put in a lot of prep work. I sort of have to meditate on this live with you. So I'm going to be careful not to throw out anything that might not be 100% true based on the scripture. And we'll turn it around in our minds together real time. I haven't thought through this passage in a long time. I see that I actually preached this passage back in 2019, so you would think that I would remember it with crystal clarity, but as I get older, my memory gets worse, as everyone said it would. So let's just jump in and start reading Isaiah chapter 1, verse 5. Why will you still be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint, from the sole of the foot even to the head. There is no soundness in it, but bruises and sores and raw wounds. They are not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. Let's stop there. That's verses 5 and 6. So if you recall... Here, the prophet Isaiah is delivering an oracle, a message from God to God's people. God's people should have been like loyal children to God as their father, but instead they rebelled against them. Uh, He said a little earlier, even animals know their masters and come when their masters call. But Israel wasn't acting that way, and so God was sending Isaiah with a series of prophetic messages to them explaining the judgment that was coming. In the verses that preceded what we just read, Isaiah is just lamenting how evil God's children had become, how they had forsaken the Lord. They had despised the Holy One. They were utterly estranged. And here he gets to a couple of rhetorical questions. Why will you still be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? It just doesn't make sense. When we rebel against God, He is good. His ways are good. And when we rebel, when humanity rebels, we're struck down by our sin and the consequences of our sin, and eventually we'll be struck down in ultimate judgment. And Isaiah describes the state of Israel at that time, the whole head is sick and the whole heart faint from the sole of the foot even to the head. There is no soundness in it, but bruises and sores and raw wounds, they're not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. So the whole nation of Israel was just beaten and bloodied and battered and bruised and sick and faint and weak, and they had no medical attention. No, Nothing was pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. No 
care had been given to them because they persisted in their rebellion. So let's think about this a little bit together. Now, as Christians, and I hope that you're a Christian, I don't know each of you, but I hope that you are. You've chosen to listen to Scripture to help you fall asleep. As Christians, we have been... Our sinful wounds have been treated by Jesus Christ. We, as Christians, are those who have recognized that we were utterly estranged from God, that we had forsaken Him, that we had rebelled and run away from Him as hard as we could, and that God, through Jesus Christ, came and got us and bound us up, even as we kicked and screamed against Him. He he swept us up into His arms, and on the cross, Jesus paid for those sins. And everyone who trusts in Him as their Savior and turns from that rebellious disposition humbly repentedly back to him gets healed from the inside out from the from the heart out so we'll start at that level first are you a christian could it be that the reason you are not at peace is that you are still estranged from god and so You are like Israel was. You are bruised from the sole of your foot even to the head. Everything hurts. Work hurts. Family hurts. Watching the news hurts. Trying to make decisions hurts. Drive through certain areas of town and memories of sins you've committed there or things that have happened to you there hurt. And so you limp and and crawl and roll through life kind of alone and in desperate need for God's care. If that's you, I just want to pause and give you time to pray and talk to God about this and say, Father, I have rebelled against you, and I don't want to rebel anymore. I want to come back to you. I understand that Jesus Christ died in payment for these sins of mine, and I accept that payment just humbly. Help me to turn from my rebellious ways, receive that forgiveness, and be changed. And please heal me. I'm just going to pause for just 30 seconds to let you pray through that if that's your situation right now. Now, if that did describe you and the Lord led you to this podcast because He loves you and wants to heal you and wants you to turn away from that rebellion, I would encourage you to make a mental note, and I trust that the Lord would embed this in your heart and in your memory for uh, in the morning to first thing, get in touch with a Christian that you know to explain what the Lord has done for you and uh, get connected with a church and a pastor who can lead you in next steps. Uh, don't just drift along. It's, when someone becomes a Christian, it's 
described by Jesus like a birth. And so if you are becoming a Christian right now through this initial step of faith, you are like a newborn baby spiritually, and you need spiritual care. You need a spiritual family. That's what the church is. Uh, and I know the churches near you aren't perfect, and the churches far away from you aren't perfect either. I would recommend go to the closest one where you already have some relational connection. Some coworker goes there, some neighbor, uh, some uh, acquaintance. Just go talk to the pastor there, receive that spiritual nourishment so you can begin growing as a Christian. Now, if you're listening and you are a Christian, what an awesome thing to read this passage and remember the situation of those who have not been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ is such a painful one. So sickly, so desperate, so tiresome. There's no soundness in it. And just reflect, maybe you've gotten used to it because you've been a Christian for so long, but reflect for a moment on what your life could be like if God had not saved you and healed you through your faith in Jesus Christ. And again, I'll give about 30 seconds. Just imagine sort of like in It's a Wonderful Life where George Bailey got the chance to see what things could have been like had he never been born. Just imagine what things could be like if you had persisted in your sin and your rebellion against God. Even if you were saved as a young child, I became a Christian at the age of eight. But I can still look back and I can kind of see the trajectory my life would have followed. So where might you be right now? What kind of person might you be? What sort of pain might you be in the midst of if God had not intervened? Let's just take about 30 seconds and think about that. There's a couple of other ways to process these verses. Thinking about Jesus again for a minute, it strikes me that he experienced a lot of what's described here when he took on our sins on the cross. And Isaiah talks more about that later, but Jesus as the Messiah was a suffering Messiah, and he suffered in our place and for our sins. And so he was quite literally struck down when they arrested him and beat him and nailed him to the cross in a brutal, brutal death, he was struck down. I don't know if you could say that his whole head was sick, but he had that crown of thorns pressed down on his head. And I think you could say that his whole heart was faint. If you think about him praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before his betrayal and arrest and crucifixion, he was... He was in a deeply exhausting emotional state as he prepared to bear our sins on the cross. It says, from the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it. As Jesus' body hung on that cross for me and all my sin and rebellion and you, that was his condition physically. He genuinely 
experience that lack of soundness in his body. He genuinely was bruised. Sores were inflicted upon him. Think about the, the lashing that he received before being nailed to the cross. Think about those nails piercing his skin and his flesh and his tendons. He had raw wounds. And he hung there without them being treated. Now, I know that's a brutal thing to think about, but it, it's important to think about it. That is, that is what our salvation cost. And that's not to mention the real deep, dark, black core of it. When the Father turned away, and Jesus himself was, in a way, estranged from the Father. That was really the center of the suffering. We don't like to think about that, and we don't think about it very much, but it is powerful to remember Jesus' death on our behalf. That's why we so regularly take communion or the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist, whatever you call it, when we eat that bread. It might just be a little bit of bread, almost not even bread, representing bread, and drink that cup. Jesus wanted us to continually and regularly regularly remember that he died for us. And that does several things. It fills us with just awe and reverence and humility and gratitude for what he did for us. It also reminds us of the stark seriousness of our sins. Sin is no laughing matter. We toy with sin sometimes, forgetting that that sin put Jesus Christ on the cross. And if you're lacking peace tonight, it might be that it's because you have some sin in your life. And so I think that's worth taking some time to prayerfully reflect on. And what I want to encourage you to do, instead of going on a sort of private investigation of your own heart, just ask God to search your heart and reveal to you, is there any ongoing unrepentant sin in my life? If so, Father, would you please convict me, make me deeply uncomfortable with it and clear about it, and by your Holy Spirit, empower me to repent and turn away from it. We'll take about 30 seconds to pray that prayer and to just trust the Lord to bring it to the surface of our hearts and our minds and to empower us to genuinely repent. All right, just one more thing to think about before we wrap up here for this meditation. The great thing about being a Christian is the healing that God gives to us through Jesus Christ. Have you ever been injured and experienced that slow transition from the pain of the injury to the 
the peace in that part of your body as it heals to the gradual strengthening of that part of your body. I actually had, uh, it was not really an injury, more like a, I don't know what you call it, but my foot has been, had been hurting. I think I was wearing some kind of crappy shoes and doing, um, sort of athletic stuff in them. And it just caused some pain through my heel up, up the back of my ankle, like my Achilles tendon. And I was noticing at night when I would finally get off of my feet and go to bed, just that feeling of peace in that part of my body as it was no longer under the weight of my body. It was, it was resting and it just felt like it's healing while I'm not on it and it's getting better. Uh, there's, there's something special about that. It's different from just being at peace and whole because of the contrast with the lack of soundness that preceded it. Uh, and I, I'll tell you all that, uh, just to point out again how refreshing it is to be healed by our faith in Jesus Christ, by God and his mercy and his grace. If you're a Christian, you are just in this perpetual state of healing, of being increasingly freed from your sins. As you're increasingly freed from your slavery to sin, your, your life is cleared of those tangled up consequences of your sin. And so every day, every week, every month, every year, you, you gain this peace, this wholeness. And again, if you've, if you've been a Christian a long time, you might just get blind to it. Kind of like nose blindness. They say you don't know what your house smells like because you're in it all the time, but a newcomer comes in and they, they smell the litter box or the cooking that you do or whatever it is. Christians can become a little bit blind to how awesome it is to be Christians. And so it's really helpful to meditate on a scripture like this and feel again and notice the healing that God is bringing about as time goes on. And I hope that that is your experience. I hope that as you meditate on God's word and grow as a Christian and uh, are engaged in your church life, which is very important I hope that you are fully engaged and involved in your church uh, by all these means of grace that you are growing increasingly spiritually healed, whole, and healthy, and that that's just overflowing in the way you interact with others. And so what I'll leave you with before I pray and something to be thinking about as you uh, move on from this audio here, let's be humble Let's be merciful and let's be gracious. Because apart from Jesus Christ, we are just like Israel. We would be rebelling as hard as we could, and we would be desperately sick, injured, spiritually unsound because of it. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for my brother, my sister listening right now. I am so grateful that you and your sovereignty prompted them to push play on this episode of this random guy so that they could hear this scripture and so that you could speak to them. That clearly indicates that you are at work in their life and that you love them and that you care for them. You have not forgotten them. That you intend to accomplish your purposes in them because you promised that your word would never go out without accomplishing your purposes. 
So based on your scripture and what we know to be true of Jesus Christ, I pray for all your healing power through Jesus upon them, that spiritually they would be continually and increasingly growing healthier. And by healthier, I mean closer to you and more like Jesus, freer from their sins, more at peace, more whole, more joyful. Let all your blessings through Jesus Christ rest upon them. For it's in his holy, awesome, precious name we pray. Amen.